Hey, listen to Commander Cook Podcast, episode 125. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to continue the arc of the audience 2.0, the revenge with a definitely not feather Boros deck. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down, but before we get to it, we have to do the obligatory thank you to our... Super special, super secret, unsecret, really great sponsor, face-to-facegames.com. They are Canada's biggest magic store. I don't like how I said that one either. What in the actual just yeah. happened? Yeah, I don't like that one either. <laughs> I figured I'd try and op it at the end there, like I was asking a question. I thought, of, I thought of one today. I thought of one. Let's try it again. Let's try it. Hit me with it. I, I don't remember what it was now. Oh, well... F it then. Remember it? We'll try it again. We'll try it next week. We're going to get this. We're, we're going to get there. Speaking of face-to-facegames.com, we have a giveaway with them for next week. Next week. That is the end of the longest arc ever on Commander Cookout Podcast. We And we could, keep, we could go for months. Like 190 more months. Yeah, we could just go forever with this. You guys have sent us so much stuff, and we super appreciate all of it. Um, we got one more... Should we spoil what we're going to do next week just to get people excited just right now real quick and then we'll know, talk about the giveaways? I, I, I want that. I want to do that because last time we did it, it was like super popular and everybody appreciated it. Yeah, everybody dug it. So what we're going to do next week for everybody that sent in lists or is going to send in lists, you've been thinking about sending one but you haven't, get them in now because we're going to do a rundown, like a roundup episode. We're going to just take a whole bunch of decks. We're going to cram the best parts of the best ones into one episode. So you're going to hear a lot of stuff. And if you've been thinking about trying to send something in, do it now, and uh, maybe you'll hear about it on next episode of Commander Cookna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? We, we probably can't fit in 190 more episodes. Decks. M- mini deck techs, that is. Yeah. We, uh, we're we going to pick just the best parts of maybe, how many did we do last time? Four? Six? We did four or six. Yeah, we did Five or six time, yeah. or something. Yeah, we're going to just cram, you know, a couple minutes each deck talking about a few unique cards or strategies or just giving whoever sent it in a big F you because, like Brando said, we do super appreciate it. And, of course, it's sort of the wrap-up show for the arc. What is it, seven-episode arc? Yeah. Something like that. Because it's a wrap-up episode, we have giveaways to do. Tell us about those giveaways right now. All right, we got the face-to-face games one that Ryan referred to. You can enter that one by going to face-to-facegames.com, setting up a account with them, and telling them that Brando and Ryan sent you. You can also comment on any of our videos that are posted on their page, also telling them how smart they were to pick up uh, your show and ours. And we'll get you entered into win a $25 credit from them. We also have a giveaway for a shitty pile of stuff from my foil bag it'll all be one card themed from each episode that we've done based on what i can find and justify uh you get that by checking out our youtube content that is on cco podcast on youtube or commander coco but either will come up so you go over there you desecrate the like buttons family graveyard oh wait i got it i got it i got it um somebody said that they pump and dumped the like button. Nice. Which is a, a reference to last week's episode. I like that. That's very clever. See, you do that kind of stuff. You get entered in to win. Uh, we'll just send you some stuff. We just appreciate you guys coming in, interacting with us, and uh, letting us know that you were there. Basically spray painting your name on the wall. Or you got the main giveaway for the whole arc. We're giving away the dark. The whole dark. The whole dark. And you can enter to win that by heading over to iTunes or Whatever iTunes is now where maybe, the podcasts are. Is, is it are. called Apple Podcasts? I Maybe. I hope so. Maybe. That sounds like it could be what it's called. Wherever the hell I, wherever the hell they keep their podcasts now, and you're getting us from there, maybe, leave us a good review, five stars, nice comment, or a shady comment, whatever, as long as there's a five-star review attached to it and it's funny, we'll accept it. We'll get you entered into the physical hat that Ryan is wearing right now. To win the dark. Yeah, you would see that if you watched the pre-show. Correct. And you could watch the pre-show if you are in a position to help the channel grow and you join us over on patreon.com slash podcast. Check everything out there if you're in a position where you want to get in on that. You are more than welcome. That also gives you access to our Discord channel, uh, which is a party and a half. Yeah, even I was asking for deck list help on there for the last couple days. Ooh. Yeah. But... uh 
only for selfish and degenerate purposes only was my inspiration. Everybody else wants to build actual fun decks. Yeah. I was just being a jerk. Yeah, everything's fun, and then Ryan rolls in with his CDH nonsense. I was asking like, if uh, fetch lands are still good in CEDH mono red decks if there's a lot of Ashiok planeswalkers that don't let you search running around CEDH tables. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's not, though. Huh. Or they just, like, eat a bag real quick because everybody wants to tutor all the time in CEDH. That's the thing. That's but, the uh, hey, we're not a CEDH podcast. We sure are not. We talked about a lot of stuff. How about we read a commandy and then we talk about some more stuff. We were just talking about Patreon. We've got a couple shout-outs to do right after we read the commandy. The commandy is Brian Stoutarm. He is a giant warrior for White Red 2. He's a 4-4. He has lifelink and... Red, tap, sack a bro. Brian Stoutarm deals damage equal to sacrifice bro's power to target player. He's like a fling. He is a fling. <clears throat> he picks up a goblin by his dink, swings him around like a... Goblin being swung by his dink? Like a slingshot from the Bible? And he sure. just chucks him. You know how like David and Goliath, he's got that swing and... Except in this one, Goliath is the one with the sling, and Go David's just having a fucking bad afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just spit all over the mic. <laughs> yes, yes, that is what's happening. I've got a Bryon Stout Arm deck. It uh, It's kind of like this one, but this one makes me want to change mine. <laughs> Seriously, because it plays some cards that are actively bad. There are some cards in here that are just like, what in the hell is going on? But at the same time, they're actively really good in this deck, and I know... That you are going to appreciate this. I, you look, specifically. Just the top line. It's like, yep, this is this is right what you're up into. my alley. This is yep. you. This is my jam right here. Yep. But uh, before we get to the deck, we've got to talk about some other stuff. Right. Shout outs. Shout outs. Patrons. First shout out. New patron. Chris Purcell. 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 Coin Purcell. Chris Coin Purcell. Uh, just Coin Purcell. Yeah, just Coin Purcell. God, it's so excellent. <laughs> I love when, here's the thing, I, I send patrons, every new patron gets a message, a thank you message, a personal one from us. And I I mention like, hey, I have funny nicknames, you're going down or whatever. And they message back and they say, oh yeah, this is my nickname or this is what people call me. And I always reply, I'm like, yeah, nope, not anymore. It's not Yeah, that's not, not what today. people call you anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coin parcel, you're going down. <laughs> Second shout out, Josh Smith. What? That's it. That's the whole name? It would have been better if it was John Smith, but it's not even that. It's basically John Smith. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like one, it's literally one letter off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the killer from Seven. It's like John Smith. What do we call him then? Zachary. It's the, a more interesting name to say. It's not. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, F you anybody named Zach out there in CCO Nation. Let's try other names. What are other names? How about Jebediah Smith? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Jebediah. Jebediah. Jeb. Jeb. That sounds too much like Seb. Everybody's goddamn rock hard over Seb McKinnon. <laughs> okay, right, Jebediah. No shortening it. Jebediah Smith. Welcome. Welcome aboard, everyone. You are CCO Nation's first Amish listener. <laughs> Very excellent. Yes. Last thing I want to say about the patron. New art coming up. That means new patron sign-up gift. Yes. I have, I'm going to call it an old favorite, but it's a new twist on an old favorite. Is it zombies with swimsuits on their heads? I was going to suggest that, but then we didn't get a chance before the show. Now the show's on. Like instead of a funny hat, it's like a pair of swimming shorts on their head. Like That would be funny because it's summer. It, it, it's funny. You're not so far off, <laughs> but everybody's going to have to wait till next week. Ooh, big tease. What else we got to get into? We got, uh, we did some shout outs. Did some shout outs. Talked about the end of the arc. Talked about the end of the arc. Thanked everybody who was glorious enough to send things in. Sure did. I'm going to tell a story. Sure. This is a story. This is a story. So me and Kyla, if anybody follows me on Twitter, you saw the picture. We were down in Edmonton for one of their pride festival festivities. And uh, since then, since I posted that picture on Facebook, I've actually got a few DMs on, on, uh, on the Discord and on Twitter and uh, even a couple on Facebook. I didn't know any of you guys actually followed me on Facebook, but damn dirty cre creepers! Yeah, right. I I had no idea. 
So based on what some people have been telling me, I just want to reiterate on behalf of Ryan and myself that no matter who you are on the outside or on the inside or who you were or who you are, who you're trying to be, everybody is welcome in CCO Nation and we are damn proud to have you here. The communities at large out in the world can be a, a shitty place. Not here. Yep. Yeah, everybody's welcome here, and we're damn happy to have you. I don't think we've said that for a while. I know that I know that we we sometimes we you and I just talk and say you know what we really don't thank everybody enough, like at large, like address the whole CCO Nation on air. We say thanks to people when you know like when somebody buys a card from me or you know we get a deck list or something. We say thanks to people individually, but. Yeah, huge shout out to everybody in CCO Nation that does tune in every week. I know that we kind of preach the Patreon a lot or we direct you guys, we get you guys to help us do stuff with face-to-face. Whatever it is, like, I guess really, as long as you you just want to be part of our community, that's all that we would ever ask. Yeah. And everything else is auxiliary, really, because we get to do what we love and it's all because of you guys. Yeah, so thank you guys very much for that and we, in return, try to entertain you and offer a place where everybody can have a good time and be who they are. Speaking of that, you made me remember. Ooh. CCO House is booked for Vegas. It is. We've got a... I want to say a seven-person house. Holy shit. Airbnb walking distance to the convention center, whatever that means. Yeah, that could that could mean a lot of things the, in Vegas, man. Th- this like. is this is how it was described to me, and I could show you the text. Walking distance to the convention center, to the strip, and a block away from a liquor store. The last part is great, but let's just unpack some of that because the strip isn't super duper walking distance from the convention center in itself because it's 2000 degrees outside and I'm sure I passed at least four disintegrated dead bodies when I was when I was doing the walk. If I wasn't as tough as I am cuz I'm from like the dirty butthole armpit of the earth mm-hmm. where where the weather hates us, I would be dead. So, when you say walking distance, is it really walking distance? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know when when I had Google Maps like where the thingy where the house is and it wasn't super zoomed out i could see the convention center still on the same computer screen excellent that's good enough for me that's a, that's it that's like the best measure of uh distance i guess is like how zoomed out do i need to be on google maps right there yeah. we're fucking close there we are <laughs> now yeah and we're gonna have uh f you joel f you dude bros in law lenny and steven yep and a couple of new friends so i'm looking forward to meeting them too hopefully they're not Axe murderers, serial rapists, or thieves. Yeah. Probably they're not. Like, I mean, less people like that exist than people who are actually nice, but you never know. Yeah, we haven't run into any yet. So, I mean, there's time still. Should we do a deck? I guess. Some effing guy just looking in the window at us. What? Really? Caged monkey sucker. You get out of here. You can go do your work at the office. It's a weird part of being here on a Tuesday. Never been here on a Tuesday before. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we haven't. Look at McNutt's over there. Yeah, MC Nutt. She's our local news anchor, friend of the show. I don't think we've ever actually talked about her on the air before, but she's here like every week when we come in to record. She's always here. She makes really good cookies around Christmas time. She's an excellent cook slash baker. I thought you were going to say she makes really good money for being here this late. <laughs> we work in radio, dude. And I know, oh, yeah. that, I know that's like a cliche joke. Like, oh, I work in radio. I don't make any money. I think that's a joke for, like, every profession, unless it took you, like, nine years to get your degree. <laughs> <laughs> it did take me nine years to get my degree. Oh, you shouldn't have even said that. <laughs> oh, fuck, that was good. <laughs> All right, man, the deck. The deck. The deck. We start with creatures as we are wont to do. We do them in alphabetical order. I'm actually not going to change things up because I'm really excited where things are going with this one. How many creatures we got? 25. <laughs> squat, squats, now. <laughs> yeah, that's, you got the joke. Yeah, I got the That's joke. awesome. All right, the first one is Arc Runner. Should we clump? No. No clumping. No, we want to talk about each and every one of these monstrosities. Okay. Maybe Arc, not at length, but. Arc Runner, 3 CMC 5-1. What? Haste, at the beginning of the end step, sacrifice it. So you play it, pound in for 5, sack it to Brian to do 5. Okay. That's that's what that card does. It's also an ox. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Archetype of Courage. White, white, one, two, two. Creatures you control have first strike. Creatures your opponents control lose first strike and can't gain first strike. 
fine, I guess. It works really well with creatures like Arc Runner and our next creature. Yeah, because... I was just going to say, why do you need that? But you need it because you your thing will just die. And because combat damage doesn't use a stack anymore, there's old Ryan and Brando. Yeah. You have to have first strike to kill their thing if they want to block and then still have a body left over to fling. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I and, understand now. Yeah, and then it works really well with ball lightning. Red, 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 trample, and haste. Six, one, end step, sack it. So you swing in, they block, they try and chomp it with their two, two, because like, ooh, I'm going to block you and whatever. You're going to trample over their guy, their guy eats shit, they take four, ball lightning survives, you fling him at their face from the six. Because it's got first strike. That's right. Yeah. Very important. Next up, blistering fire cat. Red, 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 one, seven, one, trample, haste, sack it at end of turn. But this one, you can play face down as a morpher for three, then turn it face up for red, red. Total investment of five to get a surprise no block in there. It's pretty good. Yeah. Next up, we have Burnished Heart. This is a 2-2. You sack for two basics, put them on the battlefield tap. It's just a mana dork. Cosmic Larva. I'm not sure what's happening there. See, what this is, is you got this little little guy, and he lives in this dome right here. And then he wants to grow up to be big and strong, but he doesn't want to leave his dome because he wants to live in the dome, which is kind of like his mom's basement. So he has this little hose that comes off, and it gets plugged into the dirt, and he sucks up all the stuff that he needs. Oh, I thought that that was his poop tube, so he doesn't have to, like, get up out of his chair when he's eating Doritos with one hand and playing WoW with the other. It's probably that, too. He can operate as both. Yeah, he's a larva. He eats and poops out of the same tube. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's how larvas work, man. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He's a 7-6 for three trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice cosmic larva unless you sack two lands. I assume you just play him and toss him. I suppose. Because he's... There's ways to give him haste. We'll we'll get there. All right. How about Felden of the third path? Three mana, two, three. You pay three. Put a, Pay three. Tap him. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature in your graveyard. Except it's an artifact in addition to its types. It gains haste. Then you sack it at end of turn. So you get your ball lightning. So anyway, fell into the third path really good in this deck because your guys are going to go to the graveyard. You can get them back, fling them again. Yep. Good stuff. You could also get back your greater Gargadon. Greater Garg. So this is a 9-7 for 10. God. But it has suspend 10 for yeah. just red. You pay red, suspend it. Every turn you take a, a counter off. When it's got none, you cast it. So suspend 10, wait 10 turns, not a chance. Sacrifice an artifact, creature, or land. Remove a time counter. Activate this ability only if it's suspended. So if you have your ball lightning and your cosmic larva and your blistering fire cat, you just, and no Bryon, you just go sacrifice, 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 because you're going to have to sacrifice those things anyways, and you just rip counters off your greater Gargadon until you get a 9-7. It's pretty good. Ooh. He's fine. He's fine. There we go. He's fine. All right, next up. This also works really good with your greater Gargadon. Greater Gargadon. With yep. your greater Gargadon. And your Brian Stout arm, Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker. Yeah, okay, wait a second. What's going on here? 2 2 Goblin Shaman with haste for Red 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 2. Ooh. Tap him, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target non legendary creature that you control. Gains haste, then you sack it at the end of turn. Greater Gargadon City, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Or Fling City, or just make two ball lightnings. Yeah, if you're hurting for mana, you could maybe do the, the Gilded thing what's it called the burnished heart i guess and sack the token to get a i just like damage like give me two seven yeah. power guys just give me yeah. one and then give me another one for free every turn and i'll just kill you <laughs> i'm just trying to prove how versatile goblins can be ryan come on man kiki jiki has a lot of little weird hidden talents yeah we're gonna see one of them at the end of the creature section oh we also have core cartographer that searches for a planes put it on the battlefield tap for four mana Malignus. Malignus. Now Give me a talking. Malignus with your Kiki Jiki. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, you know what? Felden and Malignus are both in my Bryon deck. That's the only crossover so far. My Bryon deck is fairly like standard Bryon deck. This one so far has not been. <laughs> no. Malignus, though, is a star star for red, red, three. The star is equal to the, the stars are equal to the opponent with the highest life total, half their life. So if somebody's at 40, it's a 20-20. Yeah, fling. Take 20. Take 20, and then if, like, whatever the next highest life is, that's Malignus's new life. If you flung your Kiki-Jiki copy, that is. Yes, or if you brought him back as an artifact with Felden or something. 
My favorite is like when somebody's at 20 and somebody's at 40 <laughs> and you just cast Malignus and just dome the 20 guy and kill him. <laughs> You're a bad person. Well, I mean, you just, Boros, you gotta, Boros has gotta do what Boros gotta do. That's true. Including play Neheb the Eternal? Oh, you know what? Stupid us. We didn't say. This is the Ark audience, and we didn't even say that this is Samuel Griffin's Bryon Stoutarm deck. Oh, Sam Griffin! I remember giving him a funny nickname, but I forget the nickname. It was a Family Guy reference, I believe, right? Uh, I don't know. Have we given him a nickname? I think so. Well, Sam Griffin, you're like regular Stewie Griffin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyway, this is the number one, according to Tapped Out, the number one Brian Stoutarm list according to like comments and upvotes. Ooh. Yeah, so that's how you know that this deck is spicy. Yes. I should have said all that at the start. It's like I'm not a podcasting professional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes we forget stuff. We were so like amused with ourselves we managed to get through that whole like intro with like pretty quick. Yeah, I guess it's like, so. Oh, it feels like we forgot to talk about something. It turns out we did. I was like, no, nah, we're fine. Yeah, it's we definitely fine. didn't. It was good. Nah, there we go. There it is. What are we on? Neheb? We're on Neheb the Eternal. Neheb the Eternal. Four, six, or five. Afflict three. So, like, if you block them, you lose three life. If you don't block them, you take four damage, right? That's right. Who cares? At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, add red to your mana pool for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. Fling Malignus. Take 20. I'll get 20 mana. That is so good. Oh, baby. This card is so... What were they thinking? I don't know. That I like card him. is so good. He's awesome. Yeah, that is a that is a mighty card. And the picture's badass. He's so cool. You know what else is cool? <laughs> Nova Chaser. Oh, baby. This is a good combo with another card in the deck in a couple, couple cards from now. 210 Trampler for four. And <laughs> you have to champion an elemental. And it's funny, when you read the reminder text for champion... When this creature comes into play, sacrifice it unless you sacrifice another elemental creature you control. You remove another elemental creature you control from the game. Oh, you exile it. Okay. You exile it, and then when this thing goes away, you get the original creature back. Okay, so you can exile your ball lightnings? Correct. Fine. You know what? You know what's better than that is like if you don't have any other elementals, that's a triggered ability, so you can just have that trigger, then fling him, and then... Then F him. <laughs> yeah, then who gives a shit about him? He's dead, and somebody took 10. Yeah, he already <laughs> did 10 to somebody. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, how about Phyrexian Devourer? Uh, I, I know this card, but I don't remember what it does. So it's a 1-1 one, one for 6. It sounds like I like it. When Phyrexian, when Phyrexian Devourer's power, that's easy to say, is 7 or greater, you sack it. And then you exile the top card of your library, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, where X is the exiled card's converted mana cost. And then it reiterates the greater power of 7. Sack it. So you could just activate its exile the top card of your library, put X plus 1s on it, in response to the when its power is greater than 7, sacrifice it ability resolving, and continue to do that until you fling it. That's right. You just make it into a 40 and then kill somebody with it. Does that work? Yeah. Why am I not playing that? Because you're not a degenerate scumbag, Ryan. G Do you know me? Do you know well, me? Yeah, I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to pull you back from the edge, dude. Oh. I'm trying to pull you back in. Well, Reel step step one of, of solving the problem is admitting that there's a problem. I'm on step zero. I want to play that card. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Phyrexian things that I want to play, read the next two. Nobody on Earth wants to play Phyrexian Dreadnought or Phyrexian Soulgorger. That is the Sip, truth. Except me and Sam Griffin. <laughs> let's let's give these suckers a read because they've got some pretty awesome abilities. Okay, Phyrexian Dreadnought is a 12-12 for one with Trample. Oh, man, you know there's got to be an upside because a 12-12 for one with Trample, that's... It's not, it's not even good anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's an artifact. It just dies right away. When Phyrexian Dreadnought comes into play, sack any number of creatures with total power 12 or more, or sacrifice it. You could, for the lowly cost of 4 mana, you could go Ball Lightning, make a copy with Kiki Jiki, swing for 12, Dreadnought for the other 1 mana, then Red, Bryon Stoutarm, Fling, 12 more. That's 24 damage for like 5 mana. That's pretty good. I don't hate that. Yeah. Phyrexian Soul Gorger. That's an 8-8 eight, eight for 3 with cumulative upkeep, Sack-a-Bro. 
Whoa. <laughs> it's an 8-8 eight, eight for three with cumulative upkeep. Sack a dude. Then you sack two dudes. Then you sack three dudes. Correct. You probably just sack him it, to Brian Stoddard. Yes, <laughs> and do eight. That's what you do with him. And we talked, we, uh, I was going to say we recruited to this guy earlier. Oh. We referenced this guy earlier in Recruiter of the Guard. 1-1 one, one for three. Enters the battlefield. Search your library for a creature with toughness, two or less. Put it into your hand. You just get the, uh, what's his name? The Nova Chaser, because he's a 10-2, and you just find him. Or you get your Phyrexian Devourer. Yeah. Or your Ball Lightning if you're really hurt. I, I guess, guess, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But why would you get that one when you could get Nova Chaser or Phyrexian Devourer? Next up, we have Sarah Avatar. Oh, yeah. Seven drop, power and toughness, each equal to your life total. Boo. Yeah, and remember, Brian Stoddarm has lifelink. So if you fling a 12-12 and you're at 40... She becomes a 52-52. That you fling. Yeah. Did I say Frexian Dreadnought? You said swing, fling a 12-12. Everybody knew what you meant. Fling a 12-12, become a 52-52, fling your 52-52, and win. Yeah, and then you use uh, Felden to make a copy of it. Then you swing, you fling your 104-104, uh, and you probably won the game at that point. I love flinging 104s. Yeah. And then we got a Solemn. Everybody knows what that does. Next up, we got Spark Trooper. Spark Troop. Yeah, this is four drop, six one, trample haste, lifelink, sack it at end of turn. So this is like ball lightning plus white for lifelink. Spite Bellows. You can find this with your recruiter of the guard too. <laughs> this is a six drop, six one, with evoke for red, red one. So you can cast it for three, but then you immediately sacrifice it. When it, ent- when it leaves the battlefield, it deals six damage to target creature. So if you evoke it, it'll deal six to target creature, and then Bryon will do six to target player. So it's still getting its guy, essentially, right? Still doing its job. Okay. Looks like a piece of shit with a mouth. There's a Sun Titan. It it looks like a piece of shit with four mouths. One, two, yep. 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 Sun Titan. That gets us a three drop back. Have we seen Oh, have we seen anything we want to get back? Yeah, what about ball lightning? Nah, and Frexian Dreadnought. Yeah, Phyrexian Dreadnought is what you want back, not Ball Lightning, because you got to get it back during combat, and then it just dies. <laughs> There's no point in that. How about Thunderblast? Five drop, seven two haste. Uh, Thunderblast has trample as long as it's got a minus one counter on it, and it's got persist. So you attack with it once, and deals is seven, it dies, You've, and then it comes back as a six one, and it has trample and haste. It's pretty good. Yeah, I don't mind it. And then everybody knew this was coming once we said Kiki-Jiki. We have a Zealous Conscripts. If you play it on its own without Kiki Jiki, it untaps Brian Stoutarm, so you can fling another dude, yep. or it takes control of somebody else's dude, so you can fling it with Brian Stoutarm. Or if you have Kiki Jiki, you just win the game. Yeah, this is a, a fairly standard Brian Stoutarm include because it steals uh, somebody else's creature, and you can attack them with their own creature, and then you can fling it to not give it back. A lot of the times, like if you let's say you steal their only creature and it's a five-five. You hit him for five, you fling for five, and you gain five life. That's a 15-point life swing just by playing a Zealous Conscript and having another red for Bryon. It's very good. Yeah. It's, it's a good card. All right, let's move on to the instants. Sure. There are five of them, and the first one is Enlightened Tutor. Search for an artifact or enchantment, put on top your library. Fatal Frenzy. That doubles a creature's power? Nothing like doubling your Phyrexian Dreadnought's power at instant speed before its ability resolves and you fling it? It's basically Berserk, except it doesn't kill your guy at the end of the turn. It costs three yeah, it costs, times as much as yeah. Berserk. <laughs> it costs 200% more. 300%. Is it 300%? Three times as much. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. All right, next word is Onward to Victory. That's a split card, but it's one that I acknowledge because you get to play both sides. Yeah, and it's like the sideways one. The Onward is target creature gets plus X, where X is its power, so it's an instant... Uh, Fatal Frenzy, and then it's Aftermath card. You can only cast this one from your graveyard. It's a sorcery, though. White, two. Target creature gains double strike. So if you have six mana, you double its power and then give it double strike, so you're quadrupling its power if it attacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's Onward good. to victory on a ball lightning is probably going to... It's not going to win you the game? Well, it'll kill one person. Yeah, you make it a 12... It's 12-12. Tw- you make it a 12-1 trampler. Yeah. And then you give a double strike. That's a 24 damage card. And then you fling it. That's 36. That's, yeah, that'll, that's good. That's, that's probably good. Oh, by the way, I was wrong about Fatal Frenzy. You do have to kill the creature at the end of the turn. So it's just shitty Berserk. Oh, yeah. Sacrifice yeah. it at end of turn. Yeah. Yeah, it says right on the card. It's good just, job, boys. It's just, <laughs> it's just shitty Berserk. 
Dang. All right, we got a Radiant Purge. Radiant Purge and Swords to Plowshares. Can I clump them? Yes. They're both removal spells at two and one mana. They're, they both exile, too. I suppose that's important. Yes, they exile some things. How about Sorceries? Let's do some Sorceries. Yes. We have Chandra's Ignition. Oh, oh baby. This, this card won me the game the last two times I've cast it. We don't talk about this card very often. This is one of my favorite cards in red decks. Tell them what it does, Ryan. Yeah, I might as well. I've talked about it this much. Red, red, three. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each opponent. Sick. Yeah, nothing like... It's a sorcery, but you just have to be a little bit creative with your sequencing, right? You pump your guy, you double his power, you you give him double strike, you attack, he lives, you Chandra's Ignition, and then you fling it with Brian Stoutarm. With the uh, Chandra's Ignition on the stack because it would actually kill Brian. Yes. That yeah. is a whole ton of damage, right? Like oh, yeah. ball lightning, double his power, so it's 12, and then you give him double strike. What do we say that is? 36? Yep. Sure, 36, and then you Chandra's Ignition for another 12. That's 48. With Chandra's Ignition on the stack, you fling for another 12. That's 60? The thirty, the 36 was including the fling. Yes. Yeah. What did I say, 60? It's 24 from attacking with the ball lightning, then 12 more from Chandra's Ignition, then 12 more from... Death. Yeah, it kills somebody. Death. It's it's death. And everybody else takes fucking 12. And more importantly than everybody else taking 12, everything else takes 12. It's pretty good. And you don't give a shit because all your creatures are going to die at the end of turn anyways. You're just going to sacrifice them because they all suck. <laughs> Which is what I love about the deck. It's just... this. Here's one of my notes. We're going to talk about this, but we'll just do it now. Okay. Boros can't ramp very well. No. So what does it do? Plays shit. Just plays cheaper shit that just isn't as good. It's like, yeah, just play let's some just junk. put some sawdust in the carburetor, make it run quiet for a couple of miles while I'm trying to sell it. Yeah. Take 12. <laughs> <laughs> and if your Chandra's Ignition doesn't do it, you can descend upon the sinful. Oh, yeah. Exile all creatures for six mana. If you have four or more card types in your graveyard, you get a 4-4 four, four angel. Whatever. Ah, you should get a 4-4 four, four for each creature that died. That's better. I man. always thought that. Anyways. How about Harness by Force? We never played this one before. Nope. Red, red, one. Gain control of any number of target creatures until end of turn. Untap those creatures. They gain haste until end of turn. So that is like a threaten effect. But just wait, there's more. It's got Strive. And for each target you target beyond the first, you pay red, two, and you get to choose another target. Like you get to... Steal another thing. Do you pay the cost before the person becomes the target? Yes. Is that how that works? Or does something you, become the target, then you pay for it? You put the spell on the stack and choose targets. Then you and pay cost. And for each target you pick beyond the first, you pay two extra. Or sorry, three extra, the red two in addition to the red, red one of its normal casting cost. I don't remember if it's as the spell resolves. I don't remember the exact timing, but you can target any number of creatures. It only affects the ones that you pay for beyond the first, but you can target any number. Interesting. It's, a, it's it yeah, it is actually interesting. Yeah. Why don't you play Strive cards in your Hirobi deck? That's yeah. exactly why yeah. I was asking. <laughs> That's why I was asking. How about Kari Zev's Expertise? Oh, another, this is Zada All-Star. Red, red, one, gain control of target creature or vehicle till end of turn. Untap it, gains haste, so that's your threaten effect in Bryon. He loves those. You may cast a card with converted mana cost two or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So you get a free, like, tutor or free removal spell in this deck. It's fine. You get an open the armories, our next card. Yeah, open the armories, search your library for an aura or equipment, reveal it, put it into your hand. You could also get a Steel Shaper's Gift for free with your Carry Zev's expertise. Also finds an equipment and puts it into your hand. Or you could get a Vandal Blast. Destroys all the artifacts, or one of the artifacts. Yeah, if you cast it off a of Carry Zev, you only get the one. Yeah. Which... Sometimes that's fine. Sometimes it isn't terrible. Yeah. That's fine. We're also playing a Reforge the Soul. That is a five casting cost uh, Wheel of Fortune. Correct. Each player discards their hands, then draws seven cards, but you can miracle it for red one. The art on that is amazing in foil. That's also. a cool foil, yeah. It's a cool her card. Boobs are all foily. <laughs> Anyways. Another cool foil and another miracle card, Terminus. Yeah, I wonder what the deal is. I wonder if there's like, I don't know, just random card drawn in you the meta. Have them. 
I suppose you can just randomly, yeah. Anyways, Terminus, six drop. Put all creatures in the bottom of their owner's library. If you miracle it for just white. And miracle is if it's the first card you draw in a turn, you can cast it for its miracle cheap cost. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a degenerate piece of shit modern deck, but... Uh, yeah, Legacy 2. Legacy 2. <laughs> all right, on to the enchantments. There's five of them. Starting with Flame Shadow Conjuring. Yeah, everybody seems to like this card, but I don't know what it does. Uh, let's see. Let's give it a read here. Red, three. Enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay red. If you do, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. Gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Sounds fine in the deck. So it just copies your thing for the tax of red, and it gains haste? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good card. Seems, seems pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I like that. Gift of Immortality. This is an awesome one in in Bryon. I play this one. Three three drop enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control, and then return Gift of Immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So the creature comes back right as soon as it dies, and then Gift of Immortality comes back at the end of the turn. So you could stack it in such a way that you get your ball lightning, like, to stick around, if that's what you want. For, like, one turn. Because uh, it just dies at the next end step. But you could block with it once. Blocking with ball lightnings is awesome. Yeah, that would be okay. It, it goes on stuff that you that you fling, right? Like, you know what it's good on in this deck is Sun Titan. You just, like, fling your Sun Titan. You get your... Um, you could actually get Gift of Immortality back immediately with your Sun Titan, but you yeah. just let it resolve at the end of turn and, and get your Sun Titan. You get something back with your Sun Titan. It's good. Something you can't get back with Sun Titan but does still belong in the deck is Gratuitous Violence. Oh, yeah. Red, 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 two. Vigo Mortensen. Oh, no, that's History of Violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got there. It uh, Red, 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 two. If a creature you control would deal damage. Ooh, I thought there was going to be a combat in front of that damage. To a creature or player, it deals double that damage to that creature or player instead. So it's tremendous with all your, you know, attacking and then dying big power guys. But F all that, because Brian Stoutarm deals damage when he flings things. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So your, mal <laughs> your Malignus that's a 20-20, Brian's going to do 40. Well, Malignus, you got blocks? Nope. 40 you. You got Shroud? Nope. 40 you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Super good. All right, we have rights of the ra or right, only one of them, of the Raging Storm. Yes, everybody gets one Rager, and it's in the morning. <laughs> red, red, three. Creatures named right, what, what, what? Creatures named Lightning Rager. There it is. Can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control. So what does that mean? At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player puts a 5-1 red elemental creature token named Lightning Rager onto the battlefield. It has trample and haste and sacks at end of turn. The beginning of every turn, everybody gets a shitty ball lightning and they can't attack you. And you just fling yours at the end of turn. Yep. Don't hate it, actually, in this deck. I don't either. Here's the thing that I, I don't know. I think he's just flexing with the sneak attack. Because he has one and he's like, sneak attack, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sneak attack, die. Sneak attacks, four mana enchantment, legacy all-star, sort of. Red... You can put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, and then you sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So it gets you your three mana guy for one mana. After you've paid the four mana. <laughs> yeah. it's I don't know. It's fine. It's a cool card. It's a good card. It's not a bad card. It's just... You can do it at instant speed, right? Yeah. So you could sneak attack, block with your ball lightning, and then fling it? Yeah. I suppose that's not terrible. It's not the worst. I feel like there are better things you could do. Play a removal spell. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, just Sa save your fifty bucks and whatever it is, and get, just play like <laughs> white doomblade. I don't know, celestial purge, whatever. Okay, we're gonna clump some stuff together real quick. Boro signet, cold steel heart commanders, fail felwar storm fire diamond, hedron archive, marble diamond, mind stone, sol ring, all mana dorks, rocks. I should say. Yes, they're all rocks. So those are a bunch of rocks. Those are pretty typical in every deck, especially Boros decks. Let's uh, let's look at what what nuggets we got in here. How about illusionist bracers? That is an equipment all in cost of five to copy your Bryon ability. Is that does that work? Like 
if your ability is fling, does he do the fling damage twice, or do you have to sack two things and then... Sacrificing it is part of the cost of the ability. Okay. So you so pay the cost once, and then the fling damage and lifelink, as a result, is the effect. Excellent. Actually, the fling damage is the effect, and the lifelink triggers off him dealing damage. So he would deal damage, and then he would deal damage again. So it's essentially it copies it, and then you gain life twice. It's fine. Infiltration Lens. I play this card in lots of Yeah, stuff. all in cost of two. What we mean is one to cast, one to equip. That is two mana. Whenever it becomes blocked, you may draw two cards. So don't block. I draw nothing. Block, and I draw two cards. In Boros. Yeah. Or just I, I'm going to double and double and then double strike. You can block my Trampler to try and take like three, four, five less damage. Or I can draw two, and I can draw two. Yeah. It's a good card. I like the art a lot on Lifeline. I have painted that card exactly one time ever. Ooh, was it nice? Yeah. But it looked cool. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Lifeline. Every Thursday on our Facebook page. Oh, there it is. Lifeline, five drop, Urza Saga, so you know it's going to be good. Whenever a creature is put into a graveyard and a creature is also in play, return that creature from your graveyard. That is weird wording. Yeah. I think there's a typo on that card. Let's... This one's got a weird wording, so this is the actual oracle text. We looked it up. Whenever a creature dies, if another creature is on the battlefield, return the first card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. It's not really written like that on the card. Not even close. But it is symmetrical in real life. Yes. So if you have a guy and my guy dies, my guy comes back. But if your guy dies and you have a guy, your guy also comes back, so you can fling him again. What you said. Yeah. All right, we have Greaves. Everybody knows Greaves. We have Mask of Memory. All in cost of three, and when equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw two cards and then discard a card. Oh, Masterwork of Ingenuity. That's a one drop, and it copies any equipment that you have, right? Yeah. Can you imagine, what, what, is, what is the double ability one? Illusionist Bracers. Illusionist Bracers, copy it so your ability gets copied twice. So when you fling your Malignus, it deals like 60. It's pretty good. It's like It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Because Bryon, like if you fling and deal 60 to the guy with the highest life total, or like 20 and 20, it still has the memory of 20 damage when you copy it. So you can hit somebody else for 20, even though the guy with the highest life total is at zero now. Nice. Yeah. We have a Mimic Vat. Everybody knows Mimic Vat, I think, at this point. It copies a dead creature. You can make it, then it dies at end of turn. Yeah. Phyrexian Processor. Old baby. This one's a tricky one. Four mana. When it enters the battlefield, pay any amount of life. You can pay four again and tap it to put an XX black minion creature token onto the battlefield where X is the number of life that you paid. So if you could play this later on in the game after you flung a few things, you could pay like 40. Yeah, the biggest one that I've ever seen and had the player be successful is 20. So you just make a 20-20 every turn. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> one fling and you've made your life back. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, sculpting Steel. Copies an artifact for three mana. Skull Clamp. Draws cards. Swiftfoot Boots. Haste. Hexproof. And Well of Lost Dreams. Ooh, okay. Four mana. Whenever you gain life, you may pay X mana, where X is the amount of life that you gained. If you do, draw X cards. It's less than or equal to the number of life you gain. So if you gain five life, you can pay up to five. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that's no good if we, like gained 50 life. I don't just have 50 mana kicking around, you yeah. know, but you can pay one and draw one card. That's very good in a deck like this where your plan is to gain a bunch of life. Yeah, and your plan should always be draw a bunch of cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the deck. Any any interesting lands? We've got some your guy loses shroud land. You got some double color lands. Inventor's Fair cuz it's like tutors for an equipment late game. If there's an Inventor's Fair, I always would love to see Great Furnace, Ancient Den, and Darksteel Citadel just because they count for Metalcraft and you need Metalcraft to um, to activate the tutor effect on your Inventor's Fair. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, you should play your Artifact Lands, kids, if you're playing Inventor's Fair. Other than that, it's all just kind of standard stuff. Temple of the False God, don't play that. Temple of the False God, immediate cut for the new Horizon Land that... Pings you for one every time you use it, but you can sack it to draw a card. Yeah, or like Sun Scorch something. Yeah, or 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 just this is just me being crazy. A mountain. I don't I don't hate that idea. Because on turn one you play that mountain, you can get mana out of it right away. Do you need that in this deck? 
Yeah. Could be plane chasing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the deck. So what are we looking at here? First, I would just want to go back to the number of upvotes and comments on this deck and stuff and, and the, the write-up and the pictures. And it's a very well-manicured... It's like the bikini line for this tapped-out page is really nice. And it shows, <laughs> and this is what CCO Nation's all about, is people taking pride in their unique builds, their janky decks, and their things that are, I'm going to say, somewhat unique, even though this guy does play, this deck does play a few tutors. We're not going to hate on it too hard. No, it's a good deck. It's a fun deck. It's something different. It's something cool that you see around sometimes. And again, like you say, the tapped-out page is very nice. It's got pictures and shit. I like things with pictures on it. Yeah, so... Even if it makes things really hard. If I didn't have glasses, I couldn't read any of this. <laughs> yeah, it's got different colored text, and there's like a light-colored picture. It's like... It's madness. It's just kind of... There's only like one foil card in the whole thing. Phyrexian Processor. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm way less high on this deck now knowing there's only one foil card. <laughs> well, they could be just like me, and they just don't update for foils. Yeah, I guess. Let's get into some strengths and weaknesses. Sure thing. Would I be incorrect in saying that this deck has a high damage output potential? Yes. You would 100% be correct, yes. We've oh. gone over that ad nauseum <laughs> yeah. lots of times. Okay, okay, okay. It has the opportunity and sort of takes advantage of utility lands. Tutor on a land in Inventor's Fair. You could play some artifact lands to go along with that. It's got the scry land. You could play the draw card land because you're in enemy colors. Has the ability to end the game very quickly. You can take out the lowest hanging fruit and buy taking out the lowest hanging fruit doesn't really hurt you that much. Well, yeah, you actually benefit from it. Like, if if you've, if you've somebody just, by the by, gets knocked down to 10, you could be like, oh, end of your turn, kill you, right? Then you untap, and it's like nothing ever happened except you eliminated a player and you have 10 more life. It's one less person trying to F up your basic Voltron strategy. Yeah, and you know what I like? This is kind of Brando removal. This deck does it good in that, Somebody's got a utility guy or like a mana dork or something that you want dead that they're not attacking with. It's like lay down my ball lightning, take six or take 12 or whatever the damage number is, or you could block and kill that guy that I don't want alive. Yeah. This deck doesn't really need a lot of removal spells just because it's just going to kill your guy with attacking. Or it's going to just roast your face out. It's good. Yeah. Weaknesses. It does run some of the typical Bryon cards, the like the ones that I mentioned match in my deck, like Malignus and Felden of the Third Path. It does have the Boros or Boros aggro problem in that, you know, you get the bad hand or you get the, the side of your deck that costs six instead of the side of your deck that's all mana rocks. And you're just sitting there with your thumb in your butt. And, yeah, and, and if that's not your thing, now you just have a smelly finger. You still have to do 120 points of damage or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like that's, that, that doesn't go away. Yeah, that's that's a problem that every deck has, and some Boros decks with a bad hand can really feel that. Well, this this deck in particular, like, we, we've been praising it the whole time, but honestly, like, if your Boros deck can't immediately just kill people, it needs to be able to stay alive. And all the creatures that you sacrifice don't keep you alive. No. Big big creatures keep you alive because you just sit behind them. That's what my Boros deck does until late game I can get in like a 40 on somebody. I'm just going to hang out behind my Sun Titan and friends, right? But uh, this one can't do that. Yeah, this so, one has a harder time dealing with getting swarmed or just that incidental, those incidental chip-ins where it's like, ah, just take two, I need to draw a card off of my cold eye Selkie or something. Yeah. And there you are getting getting whittled down. You know what? Maybe maybe we can turn this into a positive and say that you really have to politic with this deck. Yeah, and that's only going to work once or twice. But yeah, you do have to play the table. But once people are on to Brian's stout arm, you're, you're going to have a hard go you know of politicking. You, you know what, though? To that end, every time you have the opportunity to deal between 20 and 40 points of damage in a turn, or even at instant speed with Bryon, you are in the driver's seat of political negotiations. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Finger on the nuke button. Yeah, that's right. I do that with uh, Omnath all the time. Yeah, and I mean, it works to great end, right? Now, don't do that. Why not? I'll kill you. I will kill you. But you're going to kill me anyway. I'll kill you first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to kill him, but I'll kill you instead. I will kill you even though it's not the right play, just because I don't want that to happen, because killing him is just going to take longer if you do that, so I'll just kill you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, that's, that's, I think this deck yeah, That's can a conversation I have with people. There you go. Okay, you sold me. There it you is. You sold me. Okay. Should we do your favorite part? No, I want to talk about one more weakness of the deck. Oh, sure. One, just one more. 
because I think that people need to know about this one. Whenever we talk about a deck that is basically a Voltron list, and this one very much is, you are very much dependent on your commander staying alive, and in Boros especially, because you're not going to have the mana to replay a 9 or 10 drop commander. So if Byron, Byron dies a few times, you're in trouble. That's the thing. That's very important to take note of. It is a weakness, but it's not something that we're going to harp on. It's just, it's a Voltron thing. Know that it's there. Be aware of it. I think the the uh, in a deck like this, you need to learn where to use your power doublers, and you really need to know where you can sneak attacks in as to either not get your guy removed or you need to cast your commander at the right time. And... That's how I kind of manage the game with my Bryon deck. He's not immediately turn two off a of soul ring or turn three off a of soul ring, and he's not immediate on turn four. Sometimes he's, you know, turn eight, nine, ten, where it's like Bryon. Sometimes it's attack, Bryon, lightning greaves, fling. Yeah. And and you've killed the person that was giving you trouble, and then you just kind of play the late kind of stompy aggro game after that. You just got to be careful, I guess. Learn how to play your deck, right? Agreed. And to that end, we can take a look at some of the cards in Card of the Week. This week, we've chosen a card that maybe we're learning about now because we never play it, but we see it around quite a bit in Flame Shadow Conjuring. Yeah, I see this on EDH Rec all the time, but I've never played it, and I love me some ETB effects. It is a enchantment for red 3. Whenever a non-token creature comes into play, you can pay red. If you do, you get a copy of the creature that came into play you sack it at the end of turn yeah double your guy for an extra red so you could get a i'm just thinking off the top of my head like a wood elf so you can get an additional forest or you can find something extra with your solemn simulacrum or you know what i I like pounder dude you can do that too you know what i like because the 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 token gets haste what if i just like somehow cheat in something real big and nasty like a blight steel with haste and then just kill somebody. Yeah. The first step is admitting there's a problem. Yeah. Not there yet. Yeah. Not there. Yeah, it's that's a thing, man. That is that is a thing. All right. If you want to pick up one of these fine things for yourself, it is one dollar and fifty cents American or sixty three ninety one Canadian. If you like your bling in your commander decks, there is a serious command tax on this card. You're looking at about nine dollars American. Or about $265 Canadian. That's a uh, very, that's like a four times multiplier. That's pretty big. Yeah. That's that's a lot. But uh, yeah, there you go. Card of the week. Should be your favorite part of the show. You mean the milk list? That is what list, I mean. List, 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 list. list. <laughs> <laughs> Got there. Everybody loves the milk list. Yes. So the milk list, as per edhrec.com, is a list of every card from zero up to 13 today. Huh. In the color combination that we're talking about today, Boros, or as the kids say, Fling most? At the zero drop slot, are we playing a Mana Crypt? We are not. Damn tryhards. Even in Boros. Even- well, especially in Boros. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you actually have to try hard. Yeah, that's, that's why they printed cards like that, because Boros just can't ramp. So it's like, here you go, guys. It's too bad that the rest of every color in Magic can't be more responsible. <laughs> right? It's the damn blue player's fault. I keep saying that. Okay, they're going to reprint Mana Crypt, but they're going to give it like the, just the little red-white color identity dot. Right? <laughs> so you can only play it in Boros decks. <laughs> okay, one drop slot. Every list is Soul Ring except Mono Green. So we're looking at the second most commonly played at the one drop slot. Swords to Plow. We are playing that one. STP, yeah. yeah. Boros Signet at two. We got that one as well. Sunforger at three. We are not playing that yeah, one. No, that is in the stock Bryon list. This deck not playing it. I'm not playing it either. Four drop, return to dust. No. It's another good card. Assemble the Legion at five. Nope. Sun Titan at six. Yes. Gotta play your Sun Titties in Boros. Gisela Blade of the Gold Knight. Nope. No, that's a good one though. Avacyn Angel of Hope at eight. Nope. Blasphemous Act at 9. Nope. Stormheart at 10. Nope. Metalwork Colossus at 11. What the hell? That's an interesting one, hey? We're not playing it, though. Blightsteel Colossus at 12. Nope. Guess you got to play those Colossi. Sneak Attack Blightsteel, and then Flame Shadow Conjuring to immediately kill two people. Admit there's a problem, Ryan. For just red, red. Admit there's a problem. Just admit it. What? Yep. Yep. And we're cool to promised end at 13. Nope. That's the other thing you sneak attack in. Take the other guy's turn. (laughs) (laughs) 
four milk list matches. Four milk list matches, indeed. Uh, where do we go from here? There's We've got a spice calculator. We do. So statistically, scientifically, mathematically, this is how spicy the deck is. I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something, but then I didn't. <laughs> I could actually see the train slowly tipping Woo-hoo! and falling there off the tracks. <laughs> yeah, so... The engineer's drunk. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. It's magic night tonight. Maybe we'll get drunk. Maybe. Anyways, popularity on EDHREC.com. 335 Bryon lists? Really? Is that still accurate? 336, according to the up-to-the-minute thing we're using using here well makes, makes him like seventh, i don't want seventh, seventh most he's like the last of the ones that i'm i look at and think man i should play that number one is feather all Already. you guys hey just, what did i tell you what did i say a couple months ago feather is going to be the most built commander of 2019 just stop it you guys i think attraxa might still be the number one <laughs> no she's no? not feathers winning is she winning since feather came out more feather decks have been built than attraxa decks dang yeah feather man people are super hard Pants tight. Don't get it. Not just in the morning. Do not get it. Well, anyways, average CMC of this deck, 3.42. It's fine, right? It's right where commander decks like to live. Critical turn. Um, the turn in which you could attack with a ball lightning, double its power, and still fling it. So that's like turn eight. You think? Not turn six? My math says six. Off of, like, a mana rock. Swing with... So you have to three... Six, seven mana to do that. You could have turn. You could have seven mana on turn six. There is thirteen mana rocks in this deck. Sure. Yeah. Well, if I'm swinging with a double strike or a double power ball lightning and can still fling it, you're in for a world of hurt, regardless. So yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Anyways, four tutors in the list. That's that's gonna crush the spice yeah, rating. That's going to cripple you. Yes. And I know I said that this deck is fairly unique from other. Uh, Brian Stout Arm decks on edhrec.com, but because we're playing a Boros aggro deck, we have a ton of crossover with the stock list in the enchantment and artifact section, mm. and, and then in the tutor section, like the tutors even match. So we're playing tutors that match the stock tutors. Oh, no. So we punch it all in, we get a spice rating of 33. Ouch. Yeah. Now, we could bump that up. If we took out the artifact and equipment tutors... We could go up to a spice rating of 46. That's passable. That's close to the 50 test. If we do that, you'll like this. Maybe this will give it the honorary 50. Okay. If we take three tutors out, we're going to save 50 bucks. That's pretty good. What do we put in instead? Beer into my belly with that 50 bucks. Hell yeah. And you just play three empty sleeves. (laughs) (laughs) And then they say, what the hell's that? That's beer that I drank earlier. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there we you go. You probably can do that. Honorary 50 right there. That's it. That's the deck. We're, we're going to give it the honorary 50 provided you cut three tutors and drink beer instead. Sam Griffin, get on it. Yes. You are you have homework. We've never given out homework before. This is exciting. Yeah, that's it. Homework. Um, I went to school to give out homework, and this is the first time I've ever actually gotten to do it. That's excellent. I'm happy for you. Oh, I feel good. <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> We've got some more homework for all of the CCO Nationalites. Tell them what it is. It is to go to wherever iTunes went to where you get your podcasts. Leave us a really great review or just a review, sweet comment or spicy comment, whatever you want to do there. You will get entered to win our draw for The Dark. The whole dark. The whole dark. Or you can head over to any of our other social media areas, your Facebooks, your Twitters, your tapped outs, anywhere you want to leave a comment for us. That'll get you dumped into the draw for something out of the foil bag. Or you can head over to our official sponsor, face-to-facegames.com, and leave us a comment on any of our episodes there. Let face-to-face know that they made the right decision in picking up your boys, Ryan and Brando. You'll get entered to win a $25 credit from that fine magic retailer. Other than that, this is a really cool deck that's based on a cool deck that my man Ryan plays. So I dig it in that sense. I like that it's all or nothing. I like that you're going totally balls to the wall. You're even playing one of the two balls in magic. So good on you, Mr. Griffin. I'm happy to see this. And I'm hoping to see some of th- some of this in Vegas or things just like it because I'm hoping that he will be there with this. That goes for the rest of you also. Everybody sent in all these lists. Bring them to Vegas. Play them with us. It's going to be a super good time. 
Listen back over, check the show notes below for details and all of our contests. You still have one more week to enter to do all of that stuff or send in more lists for the big time best of the rest roundup. One final big time thank you to our official sponsors, face2facegames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. And an extra huge thanks to all of you for joining us on another episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Brian's balls. Balls.